they canceled our middle school fall sports season on Thursday and immediately got an email or a text message from an older sibling that I have on staff and um, her little brother is on the football team and she's like, what do we do? What do we do? And I was like, he's still play he's still a football player. And you can immediately feel even the tone in the group text that it's like, okay, we've got this. We'll, we'll figure out another way to get them in the book. I'm just really excited about, um, you know, that we get to reinvent the yearbook this year. My students are going to get the chance this year to like reinvent, like come up with story angles they've never even imagined. So I'm just like, you know, I'm excited for them to be able to, you know, come up with new ways and make a yearbook that is totally different. Totally different indeed. That is one way to describe what we are all returning to in our labs and yearbook life this fall. Friends, it's good to be back with you. This is the uh, second episode in 24 hours that I'm dropping on the feed. Uh, a quick one-two, uh, not by design originally, but uh, in the hopes that you'll be able to take these conversations with you uh, back into your labs, perhaps back to your editors, maybe share them in uh, in your yearbook circles with your reps or other advisors uh, with your with whom you're close. I hope uh, either way that uh, that this that these conversations are, are useful and uh, and insightful for you. Uh, in the episode that dropped yesterday, the roundtable episode, uh, a reminder that was recorded back in late May. If you've not listened to it yet, it's a little over an hour long uh, with six outstanding advisors, uh, creative account consultants, and reps from around the country. Highly recommend uh, you go back and, and listen to that. And as I was releasing that and preparing it uh, in the final cut, I compare it to the conversation that I had that you're about to listen to with Callie Williams and Alicia Merrifield. And uh, there's a ton of overlap, um, some different perspectives. And um, I think the added perspective that the two months of, of summer has given to us, now that so many of us are on the verge of returning to our labs, if we haven't already, uh, like friends in Indiana and Georgia and elsewhere, um, certainly we know a lot more about what we are about to walk into uh, in regards to schedules and fall sports and, and all the rest. This conversation is with, as I mentioned, Callie Williams of Astronaut High School in Titusville, Florida, and Alicia Merrifield of the Village School down in Texas, uh, two ladies that I've gotten to know better, uh, just all-star advisors, awesome, awesome people as well. Um, we, thanks to Callie and her efforts on the Journalism Teachers Group on Facebook, uh, came together with a, a larger group. Uh, shouts out to Steven Zaretsky and Britt Crew and so many other folks who joined us on a succession of Friday nights throughout the summer, uh, early summer and beyond, for uh, some yearbook roundtables, uh, wine optional. It was lovely to uh, foster friendships and, and some professional affinity, uh, a professional learning community, really, uh, on those Friday night conversations. And I was happy then to extend the conversation and, and bring parts of it to you via this chat with, uh, with Callie and Alicia. Now, in this conversation, we highlight a top 10 list of reminders and opportunities. Um, maybe it's a little gimmicky, but it helped us frame our conversation and make sure that we wanted to, uh, or make sure that we, we could get to all the topics that we wanted to. So from uh, being a little bit like Elsa in Frozen, to uh, taking it a day at a time, to remembering that uh, our kids' work matters and that there are lessons in the yearbook labs uh, that go far beyond making a yearbook, I hope that you'll, uh, you'll enjoy the listen. 
Uh, no outro on this one. Just a reminder, if you want to be in touch, you can reach me at iteachyourbook at gmail.com. You can find the podcast on Twitter at, at yearbookwise. That's yearbook, W-H-Y-S. And uh, I think we're getting up around uh, 48, 49 episodes in the feed. So uh, 50 is coming soon. And, and I cite that only to say there's a lot in the, uh, in the past uh, back in the feeds for you to go look at. So whether you're getting this on uh, Apple Podcasts or through the Google Play Store, Spotify, uh, elsewhere, do go back and look and listen. If you happen to be somebody uh, who's on pretty solid footing, maybe mentoring somebody who uh, has questions or needs theme development resources or ideas about uh, staff workshops or good interview skills, uh, photography tips, there's a lot in our feed, uh, a lot that I'm very, very proud of and uh, would ask that you would share it uh, out in the yearbook world. So thank you in advance for that. Uh, without much further, here's my conversation with Callie Williams and Alicia Merrifield. Uh, joining me on the Yearbookwise podcast today, I've got Callie Williams in Florida and Alicia Merrifield in Texas. And uh, ladies, it is so good after so many Friday nights of yearbook roundtables through the, uh, the Facebook Journalism Teachers Group. It is awesome to have you both on the podcast. So thank you for joining me. Really appreciate thank you. it. Absolutely. Thank you. Callie, um, you, go to, you, you, you teach at, I think, one of the high schools with the coolest names in the entire <laughs> country. Can you uh, introduce yeah. yourself to the podcast audience and tell us just a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, so I teach at Astronaut High School. Um, and it's close to where you probably would guess that we are right by Kennedy Space Center um, in the city of Titusville, um, just a bridge away from Cape Canaveral and Kennedy Space Center. But um, I this will be my 18th year teaching coming up. And I advise our yearbook and newspaper online and our TV broadcast, um, War Eagle Television, WeTV, because we're the astronaut War Eagles. And with your 2020 book, did you guys distribute back in the spring or are you still waiting on it? No, we did. We um, we received them in May and then gave them out during our like laptop turn in and stuff, drive through style. So we did our books then. Excellent. Excellent. Ours just arrived on the truck on Friday um, oh, and wow. we're sitting on them for one week and getting super, uh, super, super excited. Alicia, uh, down Texas way. I'm not sure if it's hot there today, but tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> and again, welcome. Thanks for being here. <laughs> It is hot 10 months out of the year, it seems like. Yes, it's hot. Um, I'm at the Village School. It is a private pre-K through grade 12 where we have one yearbook for everybody. Um, I teach yearbook, online news, and photojournalism. This is my 29th year in the classroom, but my 11th year advising yearbook. So. Wow. And the, the, the pre-K to, to 12 has got to be just delightful. On I've seen some some schools books, uh, mostly private schools that swing that low. And, you know, you, you talk to the juniors about, you know, their favorite level in Fortnite or something like that. But you get to talk to the first graders about their favorite teddy bear. And it's just adorable. <laughs> we actually have teddy bear drives. And that's some things that we actually do. So it's fun. I love that. I absolutely love that. Well, um, you know, friends listening, you heard me mention uh, Alicia, Callie, and I uh, actually through an initiative that Callie started on Facebook, uh, became fast friends on some Friday nights from, oh man, was it maybe late April on yeah. through um, July and, and even still 
Um, we'll talk more about this a, a little bit later, but what brought us together was these, uh, these lovely Friday night yearbook roundtable chats, uh, occasionally with a glass of wine in hand, but just a really nice opportunity through uh, Zoom land and you know Corona crazy town to, uh, mm -hmm. to, to be in community. <laughs> so uh, Callie, I, I've said it on those calls, but thank you so much for bringing us all together. Oh, of course. Yeah, absolutely. it was great. It really has been. It really has yeah. been. So we're here to to talk a little bit about back to school. Um, I've had a couple back to school episodes and there has never been, nor I hope <laughs> will there ever be again, a back to school uh, quite like this one, because what we are uh, walking into with COVID-19 and coronavirus, I don't need to frame it for anybody in the listening audience. And really, we want to get right into it. What we are bringing you today is 10 uh, things to remember and opportunities uh, as we get back mm -hmm. with our students. We've seen a lot of conversations about what do we do now? How am I going to do this? This is going to be so difficult. And I think the three of us have um, absolutely felt that way and, and been in those conversations, but, but certainly felt that way personally for ourselves. I know I've fielded a lot of questions like that from my kids. And uh, so, so Alicia, Callie, you know, in prep for this episode, we should say in full disclosure, we're, we're working from some show notes. We've kind of developed this list of 10 together and um, looking just really to enjoy this conversation and, and hopefully shed some light on some topics and some ways of thinking um, that our audience is going to find helpful. So without further, uh, let's get into it. Thing number one on our list is to take it one day at a time. Now, that on the one hand is just good, you know, words to live by uh, for, for life. I, for me, it's either one day at a time or one cup of coffee at a time. But <laughs> when we think about it in terms of yearbooking and this year, what we're really talking about is our structure and the potential of chronological structure to really do us some favors in yearbooking in 2021. Now, a lot of people in the audience are probably familiar with traditional sections with student life and sports academics and things like that chronological it's in the name it allows us to cover things as they happen some of you might also be familiar either friends of the podcast or folks who have just been around yearbook for a while there's also a, a third level called umbrella coverage which is uh, involves a lot of sophisticated wordplay and kind of clever conceptual work that certainly is an opportunity i don't think we're going to get into it a lot today but chronological really seems to fit the needs of this year so callie i'd like to get you on this first have you explored cron with your students in the past um, and or where are you with this advice um, coming into 2021 yeah so um we've probably done a chronological book for at least about 10 years now i think um and um i mean going into this year i definitely um talked to my editors we did online yearbook camp and um we just the only worry we had was that we have we have gotten to the point where usually probably past three to five years um, our books have just been pretty similar where we're doing the weekly chronological. Um, so we're covering each week during the year, but we're covering whatever happens during that week. So we'd always be like, okay, well, let's see what's going on and kind of make a game plan. Um, and my students kind of really get to pick what they're going to cover on their spread. But going into it this year, my, one of my editors brought it up and I'd already thought of it, but it was great that it was kind of their idea. But they said, you know, now this year, like what if three weeks in and then the fourth week isn't out of school for some reason. Um, and so looking at this year as as unpredictable as it's going to be, I think um, we made the decision to um, obviously keep chronological because we do think that makes the most sense um, and will lend itself to this year. But um, we decided a compromise was to do three spreads per month. So an August one, two, three and a September one, two, three. 
and then our showstoppers and specialty spreads will be kind of um, intermixed in the um, plan. But um, we figured three weeks a month was easier to handle than trying to dedicate every single week, um, whatever that looks like. So that's kind of where we're going with it this year. It makes a lot of sense to me. And I, I think if, if you imagine, um, you know, the, the one thing that we can guarantee happening this year, perhaps the only thing, is the passage of time. So if we mm -hmm. if we bank on it and say there's going to be a student council spread, there's mm -hmm. going to be a chemistry spread, there's going to be a football team spread, mm -hmm. and then the football team's season implodes, what, where are we with that blank coverage? And that's why the three of us really would encourage you and your staffs out in the audience to think about chronological because you can roll with things. Even if what you thought was going to happen on September 27th uh, a week ago doesn't happen, something still is happening on that day or around that day or around mm -hmm. that week. Alicia, yeah. you were talking a little bit in prep on a day-by-day -day approach, uh, similar or different from Callie's? Uh, it's, it's still going to be chronological. The kids kind of came up with this back in our planning back in May before we even knew what school was going to actually look like. And it was going to be, yeah, day-by-day -day, um, with, with guaranteeing of three to five spreads per week. Um, they kind of have like a calendar folio where you circle the dates type thing. Um, so some days we may just have like one spread talking about, we have like a diversity day, which probably won't happen this time. But that idea is that that whole spread would just be about diversity day. Uh, the next day we may have something from each of our four divisions. Uh, one of the things they've talked about this year is um, not having a sports section at the end of our chronological sections because we did summer, fall, winter, spring, divided up by the sports season. So we had the week by week. And then after that, we would have fall sports. Um, our middle school's fall sports have been canceled completely. Um, and then instead of having a football page, we're now going to showcase those football ideas on the weekly one. We just figured that was a way that doing the unknown you know what happens if football is canceled we don't have a whole page guaranteed to it we now have a place to put it and um, I know we're going to kind of talk about that type of stuff later but that's where we're going to continue our sports and uh, I think we're going to get more sports coverage that way um, we're guaranteeing every varsity sport a dominance throughout the chronological yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. You know, we, we were there with my previous high school that, that merged to, to where I am now, same district. But it was it was funny. We, um, you know, I, I would say a, a pure chronological. Uh, you take your, let's say it's the girls soccer spread from a traditional book. If it had three or four layers of coverage on it, on a pure chronological, you would sprinkle, if you will, those three or four exactly. packages throughout the season. And, and it was funny because a couple of years, I mean, gosh, this would have been maybe 2013, there was a knock on my door and some of the um, senior captains from different teams came and they said, uh, excuse us, uh, Mr. Simmons, could we talk to you? I said, yeah, guys, what's going on? They said, um, your, your kids, your, your staff does such a great job, but can we please have our sports pages back? <laughs> and so we, uh, we went to what we called kind of a, a hybrid chronological where it was weekly for student life topics, academics topics, clubs and orgs, but we did standalone sports and that has worked well for us. This year, I would anticipate absolutely uh, that that pure cron. I, and I know later we're going to talk a little bit about cutting pages as well because there's been a lot of chatter about just how do we fill up the pages. And trust me, we keep listening. We've got lots of ideas how. But I do think, too, uh, just to interject it here, this could be a year to really embrace, if you haven't before, 
extended openings and extended closings. Um, mm-hmm. It's common for my staff to do three, four, or five openings and two, three, or four closings. Uh, that's individual spreads. We really let that opening copy uh, breathe for a while. And um, listen, guys, if, if you're at a place where you don't know how to, to deal with, you know, one last spread that, that is, you know, in your contract, there's lots of different ways of framing it, but just understand that that could be, uh, could be an option there. Um, talking about flexibility and thinking, uh, step number two, this might be informed by my, my young daughters, they're seven and nine years old, but thing number two we want you to remember is to be like Elsa this year. We want you to let it go. Um, we are not a tux and drape school. We do work with Life Touch. They have in the past brought us tux and drape. We honestly get maybe 20 to 30% of our seniors to buy into that. It's just how this area is built. It's not a priority. I think both of you, I, I can be wrong, but clarify for me, come from a tradition. Certainly we know of advisors where this is what they do. And that drape and pearls shot is the shot for the female seniors. This one for me uh, it's not just about the portraits and letting go of that, but if Life Touch can't come or uh, can't bring the tux and drape, or if we have to be flexible in our thinking with group photo day, or who knows what else, this is really just let's be flexible and let's let's mm-hmm. pick the right battles and and recognize like the sun's going to come up tomorrow. And, and I truly not mean not to sound sarcastic about it, but I feel like for me. I'm going to have to prioritize my battles this year. So, uh, Alicia, have you started thinking about this with your kids or yourself? Do you have a little sub? Do you have a Do you have a mantra you're working on <laughs> on flexibility of thinking? Um, I'm not sure I have a mantra, but um, I, I do have a a really cute thing on my desk that says "You got this," and I just have to kind of stare at that quite a bit a lot lately. Um, is, you want me to talk about the idea that uh, that we're going to do with our portraits? I th- I think it's a great one, and, and it's about that flexibility. I love it. I'd like to claim it as mine. It was something I found on Facebook where another advisor um, in a Facebook group kind of talked about what her plan was. And I went to my admin. Um, We have about 1,500 kids, two-year-olds through 18. We're down about 450. Um, About 300 of those kids will be living in their own countries and um, participating in school. What's the word? The tag word now. Uh, Asynchronous. Asynchronously. Yeah, asynchronously, yeah, remotely, yep. yep. Yeah, remotely would have been a whole lot easier. Um, <laughs> and so one of the things that I went to my admin, I took, went to the kids first, and I said, what do you guys think? And they asked if the you know the bosses would allow it, so we went to them. Um, we are going to have a competition between our four divisions on campus, high school, middle school, elementary, and our pre-K, to where they have to submit a – I don't want it to be, we're calling it a selfie, but it's not a selfie. I'm hoping parents will help. Um, I have a picture of Valor, our Viking, and underneath that is going to be tips of two eyes forward, chest up, lighting, you know, in the front. And we're kind of working on some of those. They have to wear their school uh, polo still. And we're going to hope that we can have a competition where each division submits all of their photos. Um, It's not going to cost me anything because my kids will be thrilled to have a week without um, their uniforms where they can just have free dress. So we're going to kind of go for that um, and get our teachers and all of that to buy in. And hopefully we can just have kind of a competition and hope we can get all 1,500 kids from all the different um, countries. My, My biggest concern is the seniors. We always had um, a backup if they didn't turn in their own photo our photo company came in and took cap and gown photos of all of our seniors which we use 
on campus for senior walks and senior graduation dinners and stuff. Um, but I can't put 200 kids in five cap and gowns right now. So, you know, we're going to do that later. It, it just may not make the book. So we're going to kind of push this route for our seniors too. And I'm kind of hoping that those kids in China use those Chinese backgrounds to just kind of tell the story for this year. Uh, yeah, it, it adds so much context. And I said in the in the show notes, like if there was ever a group of students that was made for a selfie moment it's these kids <laughs> mm -hmm. in 2020 right now uh, and, and i don't know if anybody listening to the audience is thinking are you guys really talking about doing a freshman portrait section as selfies <laughs> or parent parent enabled portraits and yeah we absolutely yeah. are because i'm gonna try it yeah we're gonna try it i mean that's i think that's sick 40 45 pages in our book if not more and, um, and and we've got to get something there. So, uh, Callie, maybe a little bit broader than the portraits. And Alicia, thank you so much for, for bringing that. I love the competition idea, by the way, too. And the, the enticement, <laughs> Me too. Uh, to be clear, the enticement awesome. is is to not have to wear school uniforms on on, on Zoom for a week or at well, school. No, well, no, because we eventually will be back. But right. okay, um, so even if we're able to do our portraits and we end up using our portraits, I've got all of those selfies to use for quotes and anything else throughout the All book. Sorts. So they're not going to yeah. be wasted. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's awesome. absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Callie, real quick on, on flexibility. What's some of your thinking as you guys are, are teed up and ready to return in whatever form that is? Um, so, well, as far as um, with our school pictures, um, the we do the tux and drape and our photographer, I, mean, I think we're just in a good situation because our students go to their studio and do them um, individually so they have put out their covid policies and procedures for the um photography studio for our school photographer and so um they have a whole way they sanitize everything sanitize the tuxes the drapes the whatever they're doing so um students are still going there to make their appointments so we're still um doing that the way we've done it um and they even have a whole policy for how they're going to do school photos so we are going to attempt that. Um, but my my worry has been about the group pictures. And I know we put that in there, that the group picture day is like, I mean, I definitely first had the opinion, like I was like, okay, that can't happen because I can't have the people standing beside each other. So I'll just take them out of the book. And then um, talking to um, some students, some of my editors, I'm another teacher at my school. Um, I quickly learned that some of them thought that was one of the most important things in the book. And I was like, oh, but I was, and I kept like trying to relay the message in the conversation where I said, but I think everyone has to get over, I was trying to be real nice though, but I was like, get over the fact that what you're used to just might not happen. Like I, I it's going to look different. And some decisions we have to make are just because of what we are able to do. But um, in talking to some of them about that and doing some of the um, summertime um training workshop things we've done online or you know meeting with y'all on friday nights we've all talked about this at length and um i think what we've come to is either kind of uh, alicia's idea a little bit here where we we're thinking about either that we do headshots of each person or a selfie um with instructions in that um and then kind of make a collage of that group um or i know one one advisor shared that they did uh, their sports team photos in that last nine weeks um, last spring um, over Zoom. And so they each athlete was in a box and had on their uniform and they <laughs> got them to have the correct lighting and all that. So um, 
I don't know yet <laughs> exactly what it's going to look like, but we're reimagining it. And I don't know. It's just, I'm, I'm enjoying this part of it, even though it terrifies me too, but I'm liking the whole, you know, coming up with an idea and, and talking that out and figuring out how it's going to work for us. Um, and I think that's my biggest piece of advice too, to all advisors out there is that, you know, it's not going to look the same for everybody. So one thing that works at one school might not work at your school, but um, hearing all the ideas and things other advisors, like Alicia said, she, you know, she saw that idea on one of the Facebook groups and um, everybody's been giving so many good ideas that, um, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll run with one, but right now we've got like kind of a tool belt gathering of <laughs> ideas for how we're going to make that work and happen for our school. You know, I, I think more than anything, it's important as we serve the historical record, even, you know, it, it might be completely contrary to everything that you stand for. It's not the tradition. Mm -hmm. We've never done that before. Like that defense this year, we've never done that before is going to be pretty feeble. Mm -hmm. um, that <laughs> at the at the least you run you run the roster, right? That, mm -hmm. that here's, yeah. it, it, you'd run a text box and maybe yep. uh, instead of a, you know, three inch high and five inch wide uh, bleacher photo of your key club or your volunteers or your um, student government that it's uh, one kid on their front stoop with a pull quote about the things that they were looking forward to or the ways that they still managed to volunteer in the community even though the group didn't exist this year there's lots and mm -hmm. lots of creative ways but we still should do everything we can to mm -hmm. uh, to serve that record Callie you were talking about great ideas that brings us to number three I'm going to take this one and get us on to, to number four as well number three is you are not alone we want you to remember that we all uh, work with the, the vast majority of us work with companies and reps mm -hmm. Uh, at the national level that have created incredible resources for us as advisors. And some of those are even published uh, publicly for the good of everybody. I, I mm -hmm. people that listen to the podcast know I'm a Herf Jones guy. I'll probably be a Herf Jones guy forever. Uh, I adore my Herf Jones family, but I've got dear friends uh, in Jostens land and Walsworth land and with Friesians and Balfour and all the rest. And there's great resources on blogs and webinar webinars and video series um, printed resources. Hey, check out this PDF. Follow other companies and your company's reps mm -hmm. on Instagram. There are so many reps publishing great ideas Definitely. on Instagram. Um, you know, mm -hmm. I, I really am so thankful to any of you listening from, from other companies uh, and from Herf Jones. I'm so thankful to all of you who are willing to put it out there for the good of all of us and keep it, you know, independent of some kind of pitch at this point. Because right now we need great ideas. We need them now. We need some support. And I, I got to mm -hmm. say, I, th I really think we're getting it. And it's uh, it's just awesome. Um, I, I, can I say something too? I was just, yeah. I was going to say to add to that too, like even the, you know, Ball State put their stuff out there. And, um, and after they did like sessions you could sign up for, then they are posting those videos. So like there's even some colleges and, you know, other um, friends of journalism, I'd say, um, that also are just putting stuff out there and giving us resources and lesson plans and things like that. So it's just really awesome right now. It's epic. It's incredible how, <laughs> epic how free summer. everybody has been. And, and that yeah. extended kind of journalism tribe we're going to revisit um, in, a, in a couple. You're so, so right, Kelly. Mm -hmm. um, Alicia, I'm not sure what the Village School, your program down there, has done in the past with uh, current events and, and, you know, beyond, let's say homecoming and spirit week or the chemistry lab. But thing number four this year, as it goes to a coverage tip is to keep it real and keep it current because we're living through a time like no other, uh, between, I mean, yes, coronavirus, obviously to be clear, none of the three of us are going to advocate that, uh, certainly 
every spread, you know, be Corona focused. <laughs> no. You've got to keep mm-hmm. things balanced. Mm-hmm. I will say, um, while I've got the soapbox, I'm not a fan of themes that feel overly Corona focused. I think it's too narrow mm-hmm. a frame and too specific a frame. Um, I've seen some things about, you know, uh, unmasked and things like that. And I, I, it's a little too on the nose for me. And, and if anybody wants to email me, we can, we can talk about that. And it might just be personal preference, but current events, you know, if the football team season falls apart, we can still talk about, you know, climate change or, you know, not that, not that that's a, a lightweight topic. Um, and I will say, Alicia, as I'm, as I'm teeing you up for this, uh, you know, we are living in a moment with social justice and Black Lives Matter and climate change and the coming election. And I know it feels, you know, mm-hmm. like hit after hit, but you want to make it purient to teenagers? Let's talk about the possibility of TikTok being shut down, mm-hmm. right? So if we can go a little beyond, you know, the tennis team missed out on their season, but everybody was giving their all 24-7, like there's lots of stories out here that we can be telling. So Alicia, current events, talk to me. I, I have to be pretty careful with mine because like I said, my books do go out to two-year-olds. Um, so when a lot of people put out the, the specialty pages about bullying or um, – you know, some of those more touchy, the vaping, I, I really have to be careful about putting those in the book. And I, I'm not taking away from the kid's student voice, right? but we just have to watch our audience. So ours are yep. a little more lightly done. Um, TikTok would hit our middle school and high school kids. So that one would work. Um, I am going to try to avoid the COVID topic as much as possible. It needs to be in there. It's still part of our life right now. Uh, the election will definitely make it. In the past, we've had um, like entire election campaigns where our high school kids, you know, create the voting booths and they have the little ones walk through and vote. So we'll still be able to do things like that. Um, I am kind of jealous that I can't do some of the more touchy subjects. Uh, we try to do stick that to our newspaper mm-hmm. um, just simply because it's more of a high school thing. Um, I'm not sure if I answered your question on that. I just have to well, be careful. I- no, I, I really appreciate that because uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, you know, we get blanket support from our administration up here. I think you guys both know I'm involved in New Voices New York. So I'm like, yeah, let's talk about mental illness and let's talk about Black Lives Matter because they need to be talked about. Right. Not with a, mm-hmm. uh, a plat or not with a um, particular slant, but they've got the platform to say, is this of interest to our to our students? Um, Alicia and, and maybe Callie, actually, you can pick this up. You're looking back to summer coverage forget some of those big weighty like climate change let's just talk about taylor swift's new album folklore right there's opportunities there (laughs) seriously to to get that stuff in there you know last year was the it was the summer of lizzo and 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 it was the uh the fall of uh of baby yoda and the mandalorian um you know Mm -hmm. we talk about current events maybe maybe i could pitch it over to pop culture too right there's so Mm -hmm. much there that our kids are engaging with that is still happening and i think maybe that's the push it's still happening and we can absolutely report on it. Callie, could you pick that thread up? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I was just thinking more about with my staff. Um, they do that a lot, like on specialty spreads, but we're, I mean, there's some other books we love to look at, yours included is one, but that we feel like some schools just do those, um, you know, current event topics like so well. Um, my kids always every year want to do like a social media spread. And this time they were still, you know, putting something in there about Twitter. And I'm like, do you guys really use Twitter? Like, I think you're using Instagram and TikTok and Snapchat so much more. But they they want to cover some things that I don't always think are like, um, that, like, I, I, Alicia, I like what you said, because I'm thinking that I need to talk to my kids more about, like, think about our audience, like, what is important to them, which we do talk about all the time. But um, 
I, I definitely, I mean, when we've had an election year, we always cover that and um, we'll be putting some of these topics in. And last year, we just happened to finish our book exactly on March 9th. Last day of school was March 13th. And, you know, COVID at that time was really happening. And so we really didn't have it in the book. And I opened up our closing even to just add some to the closing um, copy to make sure we mentioned the distance learning and how the year ended. Um, so I, we, they really, especially this year going into um, uh, the year we're going into, but also um, the topic my kids, or the theme my kids have chosen, um, they're really concentrating on student voice. And so they already have gone through, they've, they're making a list of like, they're at, we have more specialty spreads this year. So they have Black Lives Matter on the list. They've got um, the election on the list, you know, some of these things that I think, you know, this will be the year that I'm hoping that we'll do a better job of, of covering those events and providing that, you know, for our students and as an audience. So we're working on it. Yeah, I really appreciate when you, that. When you mentioned summer. You know, as Go ahead. Now, as I say, when you mentioned summer, one of the things that the kids do want to talk about is a lot of our kids are uh, expats. They're from different countries. And so travel to go see grandparents is very hard right now. So they're kind of going to do a thing about travel and um, travel restrictions and staycations and not what was canceled, but what they did instead. Mm -hmm. You know, this was the year of the Zoom. So they didn't get to hug their grandparents, but they at least got to see them, which when we were kids, we wouldn't have been able to do that. So we were kind of bringing in that it's a safe current event, I guess, for us. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that was just another um, option for our summer. Even for us, too. I like we have never because I our book's done in March. We don't cover prom. We don't cover Hello? graduation ever. So this will be the first book that we're going to put. They, my, my editors are so excited that we are covering graduation on the summer spread because it happened in the summertime. So that was kind of cool. That's like, you know, a cool thing that we don't get to cover that. I don't know, it's not exactly current event, but it's current event for us, you know, Absolutely. And, no. what, and, and, and because of what's happening in our world is why that happened. So, and both of those examples, cool. the, the travel and then Zoom grandparents and the graduation for you guys, that's authentic and real and of mm -hmm. value to your audience. You guys are spot on for, for getting it in there. That's, that's huge. Um, Alicia, we talked in prep. I know this is one that, that you're really uh, passionate and want to speak to. Um, <laughs> We are seeing, because uh, all three of us are active and, and lurk on like the Facebook groups. Um, I saw yesterday somebody said, uh, and if you're listening, I, I feel you and I'm sending a big hug from upstate New York, but they said, uh, I think it's somebody down actually in, in Manhattan. Uh, my ladder is broken. Our sports were just canceled. I have 60 blank pages. What am I going to do? Exclamation point, question mark, explanation point, question mark. And we want to encourage you to to reframe, um, recognize you might need to be in the suck for a, a day or a few minutes um, or, or longer as you and your kids react to what surely is frustrating and upsetting news, right? There's going to be a mm -hmm. grieving process, uh, truly that. I'm not a you know clinician or anything, but it, I, I absolutely would acknowledge um, that, that tide of emotions that we're all gonna have to fight through when life changes uh, either mm -hmm. now or, or soon to be in the fall. But if we can, here's number five, cover people who do things, not the things people do, I think that we can land on our feet here. At our best, at your book's best historically, if they are, if students are covering the football team, hopefully it's more than 
The football team played Millersville on Friday night. The football team defeated Millersville 37-35. to It was a good game. It'd be great. It would be great if every yearbook in America was diving in on the, you know, the center or the offensive lineman and what that player was focused on in practices the week leading up to the rivalry game and really doing some great in-depth reporting that way. We in my experience, tend to see less of that. My own books have been accused of it uh, in, in, in the past of covering too much on facts and figures and not, too, uh, not enough on the who and the why and the how, why this stuff matters to the kids. So, Alicia, I'm handing it over to you here. We got to talk about these people because when we break it down, we still have kids doing things, right? Yes. Well, first of all, I'm impressed that you have 60 pages of sports because, you know, I have a lot of teams, but... We don't have 60 pages. You know, that's one of the reasons we're putting them onto our chronological pages and not just have those regular ones. So we, our chronological will be kind of longer, but we're still covering the teams. Um, and, and like I just heard recently, it's, it's the book is not really about the homecoming game. It shouldn't be about the homecoming game. It should be about the people that are participating. The Even if you're covering the alumni that are coming back and telling their stories, um, that's what it really is. And um, a good friend of mine kind of commented to me, and she said that, you know, ESPN and Entertainment Weekly and Sports Illustrated, they're, they're still publishing their stuff. They're still creating their 80 to 150 page, I don't know how long magazine is nowadays. Um, they're still creating their magazines, even though the sports stopped for as long as it did. So, I mean, if they can do it, then we, that's, you know, we really need to kind of follow the professionals on that and focus on those kids that are missing out. Um, maybe they're playing club. Maybe they're, you know, those cross-country kids are still going to be running. It doesn't matter. I don't know how they do it, but they're still running every morning. So tell their stories. You know, what, what does it look like from, you know, what does Houston look like from the streets at 6 a.m. before school? So to me, that's just as important and if anything, I kind of hope it changes the culture of how our sports pages are done in the future. Yeah, and, and I think it goes well beyond where we've, I've, I'm, I brought sports up as the first example, but the same could be true of a really active student council, right? If you're 100% Absolutely. virtual, then we've got, you know, all sorts of issues uh, across the board. A, a really active drama club program. We have a, a, a competition marching band that's won the state championship in the past. My son was joining it this year as a freshman, and they've already canceled the competitions and functionally their, their season. I, I think, and here's a sarcasm alert, but I, I feel like in some of those posts and some of the shares, I know that they come from an honest place, and frankly, I shouldn't respond with sarcasm, but it's like I, I feel like people think that because the soccer team had their season taken away that suddenly the soccer team is going to be in a vegetative state on their couches for the next, <laughs> you know, six months. And that's simply not true. Like these kids are still going to do things. And I love what you said about like those cross country kids, you know, they might be out and running, hopefully at a safe social distance. Uh, and, and we can, you know, talk about that later uh, as well, but they're going to have, you know, replacement activities. The, the example I gave before the volunteer club, maybe those kids are going to go volunteer separately now and find their own ways to still engage in the things that are important to them. Maybe the football team has an online Madden tournament because they can't play football in the real. Like that would be a hell of a story if that actually came to pass. I will, I will happily claim uh, that on the brainstorm. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, we really need to shift our thinking. And, and I do think there's lots and lots of opportunities um, in, in front of us. And two, um, Callie, I'm not sure if you use the phrase with your staff at all, uh, but I hear it in our, in our circles of, of evergreen coverage, that idea of, you know, um, no matter what, there's there's some of these topics that 
can just anchor coverage year after year. You do want to keep it fresh and not be like, oh, here's the uh, here's the local ice cream shop mod all over again, just like last year. But, you know, ice cream, <laughs> ice cream. Everybody's here for ice cream all the time. Like, you know, what's your what's your favorite coffee drink? And then you do a poll about coffee and maybe you run it on your chronological spread of when National Coffee Day, which is, I think, in early November. Uh, but what do I know about coffee? Uh, Callie, tell me a little bit about about some of the ways that you might expand your thinking with coverage. If if we lose the football spread, so to speak, and put that in quotes, what would you encourage your kids or your colleagues or people down in Florida to pursue for some of those alternatives? Well, um, I've really thought a lot about, especially like I said, we're doing a theme that's going to be very student voice. Uh, we want we want we want storytelling quotes in our book. And my good friend, Casey Nichols, um, many years in a row, <laughs> me and Sarah were our, um, our like instructors at our yearbook camp every summer. And um, I remember he always said um, that no matter what, when you get a quote from someone, it needs to be a quote that only they could say. Mm, and so mm-hmm. I think, I think when you think of reporting in that way, you're not, you're not going to anybody and saying like, so what was the score of the game? And you're not going to put that in their quote because that's a fact. So like that goes in your story. But um, their quote needs to be their feelings, their thoughts, their own personal story. So some years ago after I'd learned that from him, we I made all these posters and my editors helped me. We made posters around the room that had the word quote. And we drew a circle around it with a line. And we said, get people's stories, not their quotes. Like we're not worried about that. We want their story. And so we and we talked about that. That means we don't want Ooh, them like to that. say. We said we don't want them to say we won the game. We're not going to put that in their quote. But when they say it was the most amazing feeling when we beat Titusville High School, our rivals, um, or, you know, like, but something that only that person, I know that's generic still too, but when they say like, you know, my dad beat them back in 1972. And so it was so awesome for me to be out there on the field tonight and we beat them here in 2020, whatever. Um, but, but um, so thinking in that mind frame, then um, I'm thinking like, even, you know, as I were talking to those, I thought, I think one of the best ones I love is like asking someone like, why do you run? Like, why are you a member of the cross country team? You know, what's your, who do you look up to? Or, you know, who was your hero, you know, in this, or that brought you here? Um, Or, you know, um, you know, I I mean, I don't even like things like silly ones that are like, what's in your cross country bag? And like, you know, we do that with each kid. And I love that. I even love backpacks. I love it when we do a spread where we're like, and kids who are like, I have everything I own in my backpack. We don't use lockers in our school. So like they do carry everything. But just, um, you know, there's just so many ways to tell all the different stories. And so I'm like, especially going back, like varsity football to me is like, yeah, they haven't called our sports yet, but they're still, we're like in the phase one of them coming back still. And we have been since like July 1st. But um, that means like our kids, it's voluntary practice, no contact with each other, no no touching any ball. So football and volleyball, I know are both practicing. Um, there's basketball intramurals happening, but um, they're, you know, that right now, like there's something to tell, like, you know, this whole, what they're going through right now, what this looks like, it's not their normal football. So to hear a kid tell of, you know, what was the summer practices like, like for you personally, how did you, you know, what, what was that? How did that feel? Or, um, you know, tell us your story. Um, and maybe a kid who didn't do it because, you know, they're not comfortable with it yet. So they're not able to be out there, but maybe they're going to start once 
we get to phase two or something. So I think, I, I mean, I feel like there are stories now and I mean, right now we can take photos of them at this voluntary practice. Cause I would love to see what that looks like. The cheerleaders too, I know are practicing, but they're only allowed to be in like groups of four. So they're out on our practice track and they're spread out like, like in their little pods and they're learning the cheers. They're not allowed to stunt because they can't have any contact. They have to be six feet apart in that group of four. So, I mean, that looks, I'm sure very different than what a normal season looks like. So I, I just feel like I keep saying to people too, when they, when anyone posts in the groups or wherever that, you know, this is the year maybe to not have a yearbook or this is the year to cut all the pages. And I'm like, no, this is the year to tell the story. This is the year that every kid is experiencing differently. And I just want to be able to put their voice into our book. So that's, that's kind of where my kids and I have gone with this, that we're just, every time we talk about whatever topic it is, we're like, okay, what are all the stories we could tell about this? And even they are like totally fascinated with the fact that summer, like that, are that there's summer practices going on and they all look different. Cross country, I guess, is calling themselves a running club because then they can really practice or something. I didn't understand everything, but I'm like, that's awesome. They're figuring out their way kind of to still do their thing and be ready if it happens or at least still be athletic and keep in shape. So there's, there's, all, I mean, I just right there, I, there's a ton of stories. I love it. All of it. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And again, the through line in case anybody lost it, it is people, the kids doing right. things, <laughs> not the things that people do. I love Although that, yeah. you put that last part in parentheses because of course it's the things that they're doing, but it, but it's the things that they care about and the things the people who do those about. things. It's about yeah. the people first. It's people, people, yeah. people first. Mm -hmm. um, all right, so we're gonna keep on moving because we've got uh, four more and some more beyond that even to to get to. So um, I think Callie, you spoke about Ball State Journalism Workshop uh, prior uh, on 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 tip number two back yeah, there. Sorry. Uh, no, 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 no. It's, it was a good segue because this is yeah. this is You Are Not Alone Part 2. Uh, first part of You Are Not Alone was turn to your companies, turn to the competition companies and recognize the wealth of content that is out there being provided by the Balfours and the Drostens and all the rest. This is about our associations and our own personal networking as well. We could, um, there's this, here comes the alphabet soup, right? You've got JEA, the Journalism Education Association. You've got NSPA. You've got CSPA, the National and Columbia Scholastic Press Associations in Minneapolis and uh, Manhattan, respectively. You've got FSPA in Florida, Cali down by you. We've got the Texas Association of Journalism Educators uh, where, where Alicia is. We've got all the, the Kettle Moraine uh, group, I think, is that maybe is Wisconsin and MIPA up in Michigan. There are so many groups out there. The first level of, you know, the professional organizations, memberships and all the rest. And they have boards of directors. And then we get down to the granular stuff that really, I think, brought the three of us together. We were kind of in each other's like awareness orbits, you know, in like February, <laughs> maybe. Um, but really struck up some just fantastic friendships uh, in through Corona and these these Friday night chats that we've shared with each other. The the Facebook groups and, you know, following people on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, there's such a rich community out there. Um, you know, if, if you go with Twitter, mm -hmm. Instagram, maybe it's following like a hashtag student journalism, right? Or, or looking at the things that JEA is retweeting, um, looking at the Scholastic Press Rights Committee from JEA and what they can do to support you and your students with First Amendment issues. And I mean, we want to talk First Amendment issues. This was the week, if you guys were listening to the podcast a little bit later, this is the week that the students at North Paulison High School in Georgia 
uh, ended up going viral. Three different students, mm-hmm. one of them a yearbook uh, staff member. Um, I, I've got a little bit of detail in the background on that story because of a, a, an engagement with the Student Press Law Center. Three kids' photos went viral, and two were suspended. And unfortunately, sadly now, there's nine people at that building who are sick. Uh, but I, I mention it, sorry, because of the Student Press Law Center out of Washington, D.C. They are like superheroes or lawyers, I should say, in superhero yeah. <laughs> capes for all they do to support student journalists uh, and advisors with First Amendment issues. So that was a ramble and a half. JEA, CSPA, NSPA, Student Press Law Center, SPLC, the Student mm-hmm. Press Rights Committee at JEA. There is so much out there. So if you are feeling overwhelmed or sad or angry or depressed or any of the rest of it, and, and I mean this in kind of the, the lighter weight stuff, if, if you're struggling with mental health stuff, please you know, use the resources you get. And I say this very, very seriously because I have friends that I teach with who are absolutely struggling. I am not, I hope you hear in the tone of my voice, I am not making jokes about our uh, mental health as educators. We need to take care of ourselves so that we can be the educators, the mentors, the support system that our kids need us to be. But going to the levity of it, if you're like having a day, just remember, in the journalism world, you are not alone. The tribe is enormous. So, Alicia, that was a setup and a half. Jump in here, buddy, with some <laughs> thoughts on the well, wider the universe. I was going to say I found a really good hashtag when you said following hashtags on Twitter. It's called Yearbook Coverage 21. And Lori Oglesby has been putting out just some amazing ideas yeah. for yeah. some of those specialty pages mm-hmm. in Evergreen. So that's, that's good. And, um, and on that note, um, I kind of just wanted to say, take what you need. It, it's very overwhelming right now, um, like you said. And there are some negative posts that can kind of get you down. So try to stay away from those. Just take them with a grain of salt. Um, and then don't get up in the height. You're, we know on Facebook, everybody posts the glorious part of our life. <laughs> Nobody posts the bad stuff going on. So don't compare your program to the others. That's mm-hmm. just, that was something that really hit me hard because I was constantly comparing my program and how could I not, you know, ha- trying to do everything all at once. Um, just take what fits you and your kids and run with it that way. So that's, I'm not sure how that helps us in the fall, but oh, I get it. Well, maybe it does. I think it absolutely yeah. does. I think it helps I really, us every year. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, <laughs> it's an evergreen. Yeah. the network we can rely on the network but i think your advice alicia there is but Mm -hmm. don't feel like you need to to to, you've already said it i'm not gonna i'm not gonna repeat it but that it's that keeping up with the joneses it's all of that like Mm -hmm. you've got to find the balance you've got to find the limit uh we're all going to be enjoying plenty of screen time this fall so maybe get off facebook for a while as well that's healthy as well Um, I want to uh, I want to slide into number seven. Um, this one, uh, tip number seven, is called "Welcome to the Team." This is functionally, hey, mm-hmm. everybody at school, guess what? You just became members of the yearbook staff. Welcome to the team, because we need mm-hmm. to thrive. We will thrive, I hope, when we uh, recognize the power of crowdsourcing in our content this year. Um, you know, I think it was it Sarah Nichols, Alicia. I think you put it in there. Her staff motto yeah. uh, at at Whitney High School in California: uh, "You make the year, we make the book." And I think this year it's you make the year, we make the book, and hey, by the way, we can use some help help making the book. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I think Sarah, if she listens to this, I I, I suspect she would uh, would agree with us. You know, we have never been more connected. There are so many tools for 
on on its face, uh, or sorry, I should say, on the, in, in the basics, um, soliciting photos from your audience. Whether you use a tool like eShare from Herf Jones, which I'm familiar with, or other tools from the other big companies, they do have them. Or you could set up a file request on Dropbox. You could open up, if you're a Google education school, you could open up uh, a drive folder that's essentially shared with your entire school, uh, pair it with a uh, an intake form on Google Forms, uh, make some mandatory required questions like, Who's in this photo? What day was this photo taken on? Mm-hmm. Who took this photo? And then in Google Forms, whether you know this or not, hopefully this is worth the price of admission, you can actually have a share a photo question in Google Forms. And it, it there's a button, it's a choose file, and then you can actually intake uh, photos and video both through Google Forms. I think that came out in the last year or so, and I just started using it. It's amazing. So mm-hmm. let's crowdsource. Let's widen the uh, you know the call. Let's let's cast the net wide. Use whatever analogy you want, but recognize you know the the time for exclusivity and like oh thank you, but this this is this is the yearbook staff putting the book together. Thank you very much, Jimmy. I, I appreciate your interest. I appreciate your photo, but <laughs> no, Jimmy, we're not going to run your photo from your cell phone in the seventh row of the bleachers at the basketball game. Guess what, y'all? You better have Jimmy on like the red phone and call him in a pinch because Jimmy might save your book this year. So, uh, mm-hmm. Callie, why don't you get in on this and 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 take it? Yeah, we're we are doing what you were talking about. We're going to use a Facebook form and a Facebook form. Why did I even say that? Um, a Google form. I don't know. I think the Facebook form exists, but um, yeah, we're going to use a Google form and and take those photos from students and do exactly what you said. That I mean, my, my editors were actually kind of like giddy at the fact they were like, oh my gosh, we can say who took the photo and have the photo credit um, when we get the photo. So. Um, and the names of people in the photos. So um, I think that will be very helpful. And I'm hoping, I have a lot of luck. I run our Facebook page with my principal and I have good luck with, um, on there too, I will post a um, a post and I'll say, the yearbook staff is in need of photos from the summertime. Or I always do, the yearbook staff would like those photos of your students that you took on the first day of school for back to school. So um, I usually, and I always say, just comment below and tell me your student's name and grade. And so I get them that way um, too. So we're planning just to use that plus to put out this face, or oh, I keep calling that, the uh, Google form to um, kind of crowdsource that. And my staff actually, I my upcoming um, student that will be my photography editor this year, um, she's come up with an idea too about, um, she's working with my two social media uh, managers and they together are going to create some videos um, that actually will give um, students and parents some tips on taking good photos. So they're going to yes, do a, a I like, love that. Yeah. They want to do a post like about rule of thirds and then a post about have the light in front of you unless you are trying to be a silhouette. Um, so just some of those things that are easy ones that like will really make our jobs easier and hopefully get better photos instead of just willy nilly everybody sending the all the ones of their own child so um so we're kind of excited about that and my kids are excited about like doing that and making videos and then talking to their friends and saying you know we're looking for good photos i was excited about um just in some of the summer trainings like um i know with the justins when i did um they call it smart phonography and so i'm kind of excited about yeah. doing that with my students and really like looking at how do we use our smartphones well? Because that might be one of the best tools that all of us own like, and can yeah. use this year. So, um, you know, I, I mean, in one of those, I learned how to turn the grid on on it and I didn't even know how to do it. So 
Now I'm like, oh yeah, this is amazing. I'll be the first thing I, I teach them. Um, but yeah, I just think all those things are tools that are going to help us in this year of unknown. So yeah, we need to get it out of our heads. I, you're absolutely right. The, I'm a I'm a photo guy. the The best camera is the one that you've got with you. And as long as you're not mm -hmm. trying to shoot like a speeding, you know, linebacker on Friday mm -hmm. Night Lights, your iPhone or Galaxy, whatever these days, great, great camera. Now, Alicia, I know mm -hmm. that you wanted to get in here with um, some quick tips about oh. ways of conceiving spreads that actually don't need to lean uh, as much on photographs we want to have some visuals you know mm -hmm. arguably on every spread but it doesn't need to be these showstopper uh, dominant photos so what was your thought process there well i was going to kind of tag what she did what uh, kelly just said is that this is also a chance for us to get coverage of those more obscure events that we have a hard time getting um photographers to just simply because i can't get them to go to the esports or you know the stuff that just aren't big enough that, you know, a parent's going to go to. So just that crowdsourcing is a chance to, to tell those stories and to get that coverage up. Um, one of the things that my staff has talked about just with, with the different um, spreads is to have, you know, when you talk about the snacks or you're getting quotes, you know, for those that can't see their grandparents, um, you know, this is the, the, I was trying to think the one that I actually saw was, it was from Kirkwood and it said, Kirkwood needs more of. And so it's actually just one full spread side to side of just quotes, but that's still coverage for every one of those kids. Um, Whataburger is huge in Texas. Uh, eventually maybe the rest of y'all will get it, but it was three words to live by. And so the one kid has a, it's a photo of her holding the Whataburger bag and it's just a Whataburger bag. And it says Whataburger is life. Um, and then there's like two other photos on the page, but then the rest of it is just other three words to live by from the different kids from the campus. So I thought that was kind of cool. And it actually, full page, it has three photos and has about 30 kids on it. I, I love it because you're getting the student voice. You're getting the student story. It sounds like a little bit of a lighter coverage, which absolutely we've already talked about that. We're going to need, we're going to need some light coverage this year, right? And so if we can get kids popping off on their favorite slice of pizza on Main Street and it's just mm -hmm. a, a debate about that or best bites in town and and the photo on it is one greasy slice of pizza that just looks delicious. I think it's because I haven't eaten mm -hmm. lunch yet. Um, <laughs> that is absolutely, absolutely <laughs> fantastic. Um, if you guys go back in the feed, those of you listening, uh, back in the spring when we were in the midst of, oh my gosh, how do we finish our books, uh, coronavirus coverage. Now this is, oh my gosh, how do we start our books? Um, I sat down with, with Mark Murray at the time, a friend of the podcast and a mentor of mine, and we talked through a lot of uh, photo options and, and resources. And I just want to highlight uh, both that episode and, and quickly summarize uh, one thing. If, if we need photos, especially when it comes to the election or major news, you know, going to the Creative Commons, looking at um, .gov resources. Uh, if you wanted to, I don't know, do some coverage on SpaceX, Callie, or something like that, mm -hmm. uh, all of the .gov resources, we've paid for that already as taxpayers. All of the photos uh, that are taken by government agencies are by law in the public domain. Uh, so we can, you know, my kids needed some photos of 
of uh, testing, uh, coronavirus testing in New York. And so we went on Flickr, uh, F-L-I-C-K-R.com. And in this search, you can go to advanced search and say, show us only Creative Commons photos. And we got a whole bunch straight from the governor's office uh, because they have to publish them uh, publicly. So uh, if you want more on that on photo, uh, we're going to move on. But more on photography, look back in the feed and I'll link that episode in the show notes uh, as well. You know, you and I, uh, the, the two of you and I, I should say, have uh, monitored, uh, been a part of, seen, commiserated about a lot of conversations about, like, why even make the yearbook in the first place? It's going to be so hard this year. And um, here at the end, kind of 8, 9, 10, maybe 11, if we're playing this list out in our show notes, I think we want to kind of pitch over and talk about some of the why uh, of this year, some of the, the head and heart stuff. Um, I know the three of us, you know, we fully, we, we drink the Kool-Aid, we, we make the Kool-Aid uh, and, <laughs> and believe in what we do in student journalism. But, you know, number eight, a, a reason why an opportunity this year has never happened before. That right there is why your students mm -hmm. need to be covering it this year. So if you're feeling discouraged, if you're feeling overwhelmed, then I see you, those of you in the audience who are like, well, that's nice, you know, Mike Simmons and, you know, up, you know, your house on the hill, your media lab with 48 kids and da da da. I get that there are people that listen to this podcast that have two kids, both of them freshmen, who don't even know how to spell your book. I get that. I really, really do. But we need to you know, use hopefully some of the stuff that we've talked about in the podcast already, our professional resources, reach out to our companies and ask for help. These books need to get made. And I just want to talk mm -hmm. personally about student voice for a second and student journalism. I I have the the, the honor and privilege to, to know uh, Melissa Felikowski, the newspaper advisor, and my good friend Sarah Lerner, uh, the yearbook advisor at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. And when that school went through the, the unspeakable tragedy uh, that it did in February 2018, it was such a remarkable thing that those ladies uh, were able to bring uh, some of their student journalists to CSPA just about a month after, almost a month to the day. Um, those girls, uh, I think it was all female students, uh, but those students at any rate, uh, did a session on Friday morning at CSPA, the spring convention of 2018. And one of them said something, and I think maybe Melissa um, set, set the, the, the student up or introduced the student who was saying it. Uh, at any rate, it's going to stay with me for the rest of my years advising, probably the rest of my life. That student said, you know, there were all these news trucks around. We're getting interviewed. You know, people are trying to interview us on the way to school each day. But for our own journalism and for putting out the eagle eye and for finishing the area yearbook, we knew that it was our story to tell that we were the ones best equipped mm -hmm. to tell our own stories. Now, certainly that's a, a tragedy of a magnitude. I think probably nobody in the audience can really appreciate it or understand. Um, I certainly don't want to try to um, compare or minimize or trivialize, you know, that versus a pandemic, anything like that. None of that really matters. What I mean to say is these moments, be it in good years, bad or otherwise, these moments are best covered by our student journalists in the schools where they're living and learning and growing and becoming. Um, you flip that around, if our kids don't tell these stories, if our kids aren't empowered to tell these stories this year, it's gonna be like this year never happened. And we sure as heck know that it's about to. So I just wanna leverage that on the, on the never happened before. Um, I, I feel it really passionately and um, I want us to, to do everything we can to prepare our kids for it. And then honestly, to the best that we can, get out of the way and let them work and let them tell 
um, these stories. Um, l- let me let me ask you a little bit about the ways that that you're thinking about um, empowering and supporting your students in in the year ahead, Alicia. Um, when when you consider um, the distance with some of your kids, maybe the odd schedules, the the learning virtually or blended, or if you're going to be fully back together, just where are those conversations with your kids right now, if any, or, or what are you preparing yourself for? Well, it's I don't know if it's been the fact that we can't travel, but this has been the most work we've actually gotten done over the summer. And I don't want to take away from your hint uh, number for number 10, I guess, but like this, they're just running with it. And I'm not slowing them down. Like the ideas that they're coming up with scare the bejeebies out of me. Um, but I'm just going to let them go and, and support them as much as they can. Um, we still, you know, we're still a student-run publication that I probably have more of a footprint in than some schools just because of where we are. But um, it's, it's nice to see the kids kind of stepping up and doing what they feel is necessary for our kids. Um, it's going to be interesting to get the kids. I, I saw my schedule for the first time today. We go back to school tomorrow. Um, and, you know, I got about a fourth of my kids that are not even in my time zone. So I, it's, it's going to be fun. We're just going to have to make it work. We're going to have to tell those stories no matter where they are. Yeah, and maybe maybe number eight is Tim Gunn. Just make it work, right? I know sometimes that advice isn't <laughs> isn't uh, isn't terribly helpful for everybody. Not everybody uh, operates the way that, that he does. But I, I'm I'm right there with you, um, Callie. You know th- this number nine sentiment. Um, some of you know in the audience that I do Lego robotics with my kids within the first organization. First was founded by a guy named Dean Kamen uh, in New Hampshire back in the '90s, and Kamen is famous for saying uh, we don't use uh, robots to, sorry, we don't use kids to create robots. We use robots to create kids. And I will fully admit the the inspiration for this number nine uh, comes from him. Uh, I wrote it down as we don't use kids to create better yearbooks. We use yearbooks to create better kids. And I wanted to get this into the conversation, Callie, because I feel like if we just throw it in and say, it's too much, I I won't see my kids, I can't handle the virtual. Mm -hmm. I feel like we lose so much in that class or cohort of kids who don't get the benefit of a yearbook or scholastic journalism education because you and I, the three of us, we know this goes far beyond just interviewing, Mm -hmm. just photography, just design. We're talking about Mm -hmm. collaboration and project management and communication skills and self-advocacy and conflict resolution and all the rest. So as you think, Mm -hmm. Callie, about the year coming up, do you have you thought about those kind of two levels of, of lessons and two mm-hmm. levels of learning in your kids? What do you, how do you reflect on that? Yeah, I definitely have. Um, I mean, especially I started really like, it's been a few years that all of a sudden I was realizing like how much more of these kids, which I should have learned it a long time ago, but I'm just saying like a few years ago, it came into play. We spent the, at the end of the year, once we were done with the book and was kind of looking for things to do and my librarian had offered that if I would come to the library, she had a whole thing she could do with my kids about making infographics. And she was like, I just thought of your kids first. Cause I thought they make them anyways. And I can show them this cool program. <laughs> so we went down there and we went down there and did it to let her, like she, she was like, I don't, 
get to work with classes enough. So we did, we went down, worked with her and the kids loved it. Like this cool program online that they did. Um, but at the end of it, they were supposed to, once they had created their infographic, just email it to me for like a grade for at that point, I'm looking for anything we can do. And one of my graduating seniors right then was like, um, how do I send it in an email? And I was like, wait, what? But that, that's, that was a light bulb moment for me where I was like, wait, what? You know how to design a spread. You know how to take photos, upload photos. Uh, you, I can list these skills I've taught you all year, but you don't know that. And then I started thinking more broadly that I was like, that's a communication thing that you you can talk to people and interview somebody and go see our principal, but you can't send an email, like which should be a basic. And and I'll just tell you too, like in this, so that, I mean, that got me on a track, but in the last nine weeks in the spring, um, actually I was just talking to my husband and he made this comment, but he said, these kids don't even understand that they're going to be the most prepared students for college probably ever. <laughs> I was like, what? And he's like, well, think of where we are now. Like, I mean, you have to be electronic. Like you've got to be that tech minded. You've got to have those kind of skills and they're having to do it. And they were thrown into it along with all the teachers who all of a sudden you guys are like, and he's IT. So he totally is like, y'all are learning all the things, like things that I do for our company, as far as IT concerns. Um, and he said, these kids now are like forced to email, to Zoom, to um, use some of these programs and professional level type, um, you know, things they're doing, but that will be very handy going into college. Whereas, and and that's just, uh, that's sad to say, because I, I would think our school, like part of our motto and you know, what we stand for is to have our students college ready. And I just think we've not been doing that. And so I'm actually looking at like now going forward in this year, I'm like, like, I love that. I, I, I am so sorry. I don't remember the name of the advisor, but an advisor in the journalism teachers group posted yesterday, a lesson about how to teach your students, how to create and send a professional email. Yeah, I saw that. And yep. I thought, I loved it. I was like, even, you know, it said in there, like, they'll learn how to use the subject line because I can't tell you how many kids in that last nine weeks, last spring, <laughs> their whole email was in the subject line. And I was like, yes. what are you doing? And it's all lowercase. And it's, you know, what? I'm just like, oh, I've, I've not, not given these kids the right service, I guess, or teaching. But um, I, you know, those are the kind of things now that I'm thinking about that when that teacher posted that yesterday, I was like, um, yes, we're, that'll be a whole lesson that could be, yeah. we're going to block scheduling. So I'm like a 90 period day, but I just think yearbook itself is just, I mean, and that's part of on my syllabus a few years back when I broadened my thoughts on what I'm teaching in my class, I brought in my list of here are the 20th century skills and other things your child learns with this real world experience, because I always say it, it's in my like bio for FSPA and other things I'm involved in where I say, I think yearbook is one of the, or any publication class is one of the best classes students can take in high school because it is not like any other class. It is a real world hands-on experience. And, and part of too, what I've, what I gain value from is now, and I think Mike, I might've gotten this idea from you because I know you do this, but I, after I think seeing your video, I reached out to some of my alumni kids and just ask them, I just, I, it was ones I'm friends with on Facebook, probably, you know, 20, 30 kids I wrote and just said, Hey, how are you doing? Um, I am doing a little project and I would love for you to just send me a short video. And I want you to just say who you are, when, when you graduated, how many years you were on yearbook staff, and then anything in life you have used as far as the skills you learned in our class. 
And I said, um, whether it was in college, um, in a career or just in life in general. And I was blown away, yeah. away by their yeah. answers, you know, just, I mean, a stay at home mom who said we had my son. And I will tell you the biggest thing I learned was going out and actually have an interview. I can talk to people that I don't know, and I can go in and see my child's doctor and advocate for my child. And I, I definitely put that back to learning it in high school in my yearbook class. And I'm like, what? Like I, I mean, I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh. It just, I mean, like it was one of those proud mom. I'm like my husband literally every night I get a video and I'd be watching and then crying. Yeah, and he yeah. was like, you got, a, you, you got another video, didn't you? And yeah. I'm like, yes. And this yeah. one called me Miss Sparkman. Like, it, I mean, some of them were forever ago, but I loved it. And that is just, that's eye opening. So anybody who hasn't done that should reach out to your alumni as soon as you can, even if you only been doing a couple of years, it'll make you feel good. And my staff now loves, like every year we watch it. But it's just, yeah, all the, I mean, yearbook class, I think, is just so much more. Yeah. So uh, sorry I went on and no, on. No, that's okay. I, I so appreciate that. And Alicia, I know you want to get in here, but I want to pitch number 10 straight to You're you fine. if I can, and, and we can maybe blend these thoughts because I, I so appreciate the, I think this came up in one of our chats maybe like two weeks ago, this idea of, of tone setting. Um, and I've been guilty about this. I, I wear my emotions on my sleeve. I, I, I have actually... Uh, try to be better with my staff. If I'm having an off day, I'm actually a little bit more inclined to say to my kids to model it, right? Like I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm having an off day. I've got some stuff on my mind. I know I ask you guys to leave it at the door. I'm struggling with that today. And it's my hope that in uh, articulating that, that my students, maybe maybe that helps model, like I said, and, and they can self-reflect and, 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 and acknowledge when they're a little bit off yet still do the work that's in service to that but as it goes to the year ahead that modeling i think alicia we were talking in, in pregame starts with us on our tone our attitudes are going to have so much influence on how our kids approach their time with us yearbook wise and frankly in all of the broader respects many of which touch on what callie was just talking about just how they see the potential uh, of this year and the things that they're losing, the things that they're struggling with. So I don't think mm -hmm. that you were suggesting, Alicia, that it's always sunshine and rainbows and unicorns. Uh, <laughs> certainly not. Mm -hmm. But but we do get to set the tone, don't we? Yes. Yeah. And it's, it, you're not, I don't even know how, how to really actually word it. We're not the, a normal core teacher. And it's nothing against those core teachers because I couldn't teach math for any reason. Um, but we, we build different relationships with these kids. And my, my kids know that, you know, 7.30 is probably not the best time to talk to me because I haven't had my coffee. And I never drank coffee till I taught yearbooks. But, um, and I do tell them that. I was like, look, I've really had a, a bad day and I'm going to try to keep that away from you guys, but just know that now is probably not the time to mess around. But um if, if we look at them and say that this is going to be the worst year ever or the worst, worst book ever, they're not going to, they're, they're not going to keep the tone that they have been going. Um, I've got a senior this year that I've literally taught for five years. I've got three of them actually. Um, and they come back for that reason. So as many times that we're crazy, they still look up to us and need us and reach out to us. But there are days that they need to know that's not going to be easy. And some of my kids have come up with some crazy ideas for this upcoming year. And in a normal year would have been hard. And I think this year it's going to be even harder anyway. 
but I can't tell them that I've got to let them find a way to work it through. Um, and when I talked earlier about the negative posts that you see, if that's where you need to put that negativity in, do it there. Um, Callie eloquently said that earlier, but go ahead and when you get to class, make sure that the kids know that they're the priorities. This book is a priority. Uh, they canceled our middle school football season or actually fall sports season on Thursday and immediately got an email or a text message from an older sibling that I have on staff and um, her little brother is on the football team. And she's like, what do we do? What do we do? And I was like, he's still play He's still a football player. Um, and so that's the type of things that they need to hear. And you can immediately feel even the tone in the group text that it's like, okay, we've got this. We'll, we'll figure out another way to get them in the book. Um, and to be honest, this is, you know, that football kid would have been in the book 12 times, probably just with everything that he signed up. So maybe he's not in there for football. We find the other kid for football and figure out what it was for them. Um, just support them and, and push them to find their path and let them know that, that you're there for them. And I think we talked about this a little bit earlier, too. Um, again, not a trained um, psychologist or anything like that, but that idea of grieving process, you know, being there for our kids, right? That's like maybe it's thing 10 and a half. Like, let's please remember that we're working with kids. And if we're going to have bad days or days when we feel like things are uncertain or up in the air or, you know, that whatever it is we're feeling down in our stomachs, the kids might be feeling it five, ten times worse and, and perhaps have you know, fewer uh, support systems or fewer coping mechanisms or not have the, the uh, perspective to understand. We don't know what they're going through. They may have family members that are sick. Right. Or, yes. You know, yes. I haven't seen my husband since March because we can't travel. So, I mean, we don't know what these kids are dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think it's it's all of that and, and, and so much more. And, and I hope, too, for those folks in the audience who are feeling like, whatever am I going to do with yearbook this year? Like job number one, somebody, I was consulting with a, a, a school um, this morning uh, in Maine and, and one of the students was saying, you know, Hey, can we get our, can we get our, our rookies on a zoom like next week and start, you know, talking about the theme that we're developing and, and start teaching them, you know, interviewing and like photography. Please. And well, I'll, I'll tell you, I, yes, but that's not what I said. And, and, and I'll be interested oh, to hear your perspective. Sorry. I said, no, absolutely not. You get them on the call and you do a meet and greet or a reverse scavenger hunt, or you play a silly kahoot, or your your advisor opens up the Zoom, and you do Friday lunch, and you welcome those rookies, and you just establish some relationships, because that core is what's going to get us through all of that work and all of that uncertainty down the road. Yes, they need to learn about theme and interviewing, but I'm, I'm really not coming at this in any kind of Pollyanna way. I, I really want to encourage us to to take care of our kids and each other so that we can do the work when we need to because we know the work matters. So um, yeah, and, and Alicia, I'm, I'm with you. Like I wanna, I wanna share a theme with my rookies too, uh, but I wanna oh, make sure. I was, already, I was already thinking we'd pass all of that. Uh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. We're, <laughs> we're spending all this week, like we used to do the basic introductions tomorrow for 20 minutes, but we're spending all this week doing nothing but playing and charades and Pictionary and you know, what's in your locker type thing that we're doing through Bitmoji stuff. We're going to do all that this week for sure. And it's super, it's super, I got to find important. a way to get to know those kids. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Well, listen, just a, a closing thought here, um, and I'll invite you guys to, to offer a, a wrap-up thought as well. Um, call this number 11, um, but I, I kind of got in the habit of saying this at some of the, the yearbook camps um, that I was uh, participating in this summer, and I've shared it with the staffs that I'm consulting with. Your work, advisors and staffs, this year will be unlike anything before. Your work will never be harder but the final product, the yearbooks that we create, the journalism we do, the stories we tell, the coverage you develop will never matter more than it has in the past, than it will this year. Your work will never be harder. Your work will never matter more than it does this year. And I know that it feels like a lot. I mean, it, it, you know, you try to eat the elephant all at once. You're gonna, <laughs> you're, you're gonna get a little jammed up. But if you take it a bite at a time, uh, it's our hope that, you know, as Sarah Nichols said on the podcast uh, earlier uh, in the spring when we we're getting into this all, you win the day, right? You, you set that goal and you win the day. Whatever it is on that day, you do that. And the next day you wake up, the sun comes up and you work on the thing that's in front of you that day and you win that day as, uh, as well. Alicia, I'm going to turn it over to you on a, on a wrap up and then we'll get Callie in here. What else would you like to offer to our, our audience? I was just going to say that if you notice that your kids are struggling, then maybe that's not the day to push the deadline. Go ahead and, and find some time to play and, you know, or just have a conversation. Just sit there and chat. Um, you guys don't get to have the, the work nights and the, you know, the different stuff that you're supposed to. So learn your kids, figure out who they are, what they are, what's important to them and kind of move forward. And we're here for you, I guess. I mean, not a guess. I know we are, but just reach out to us. Absolutely. And I'll post your contact information in the show notes for both of you, Please. if that's all right with you guys. Sure. Absolutely. Um, I, I have so appreciated the the willingness you have to share resources, share your input, uh, you know, all throughout the spring and our Friday night chats and the rest. Uh, and we will say a solid plug. If Facebook is your space, you know, the journalism teachers group has, I think, Callie, you, you know, your admin well over what, like two, three thousand people now. Yeah. Two thousand. I started yeah, it five it, years ago and added nine people I knew and then. And, and here we are. Here it is. Yeah. The, the, the high school, uh, high school, what's it called? High school yearbook teachers and advisors, I think is mm -hmm. the other group. So. And then there's one, there's one called uh, yearbook advisors. There's mm -hmm. one called the yearbook network. Those are kind of the big four mm -hmm. uh, that are active. Join up and, and be part of that conversation. Callie, um, some last thoughts on, on the podcast here. Um, I just think um, going back to kind of all together, I just, I think this year, I know we keep saying like, it just doesn't look like any other year. I'm, I'm kind of like, I hope more people will take the mindset of like, I'm just really excited about, um, you know, that we get to reinvent the yearbook this year. And I've said that like in a couple of posts or things. And I always think like, I hope that brand new advisors or people who are only a couple of years in aren't kind of like, whoa, well, that's too much to think about. But what I mean by that is just that like, like we've discussed today in this, um, that like when I get to varsity football, like it's not the year that we're going to write. The varsity football team had a good season. They went 11 and 0 or that'd be a great season. But, um, you know, we're not going to, we're not just given those facts and things. We're actually telling about the people. So my, my students are going to get the chance this year to like reinvent, like come up with story angles they've never even imagined. So I'm just like, you know, I'm excited for them to be able to you know, come up with new ways and make a yearbook that is totally different. I've, I've had the thought too, that like I, I'm a Justin's book. And so when I go into our page ladder on yearbook Avenue um, at the top every year, it always says, click this button to load last year's ladder. 
like so that if I want it, if I want it done, if I want it done for me, it'll just do it, which sounds so easy. And yeah, each year, but we change something every year. So I never can do that. But I thought when I see it this year, I, every time I've seen it, I've kind of like, oh my goodness, if only, if only I could just add last year's ladder, like that, that's just, it's just not possible. So, um, so when I say reinvent the yearbook, when I'm saying that, just to clear that up for everybody in the group is it's more that it's the fact that like, we get to have like, this book will be like no book that at least my school has created before. And when you think about that also, like to put it in real world, big picture, like everyone is in the same boat, (laughs) Mike in New York, Alicia in Texas, me in Florida, like every advisor across our country, like it's the first time usually y'all are in other States and you're looking at Florida going, Oh, they're going through another hurricane. And we just experienced it. Um, I mean, other States do too. I know that, but I'm just saying like, this is not one of those kind of things. This is like, it's across the board. So like wherever you are, we're all in the same boat. We're all in this together. Don't use that as your yearbook. Well, you could, if you could develop that really well, but, um, I just, you know, we, like Felicia said, we're all here and we're in it together. And so reach out to us if you need anything and reach out to our journalism community. Cause there's so many amazing people that are willing to help you and get you through or give you ideas or brainstorm or zoom, whatever you want to do. I, I love it all. And, and I'll tell you, if, if one uh, of the, frankly, many silver linings of this whole experience uh, since the feels like the world went on pause on March 13th was mm-hmm. the, uh, the opportunity to develop uh, a much closer uh, professional affinity and friendship with the two of you, uh, yeah. Callie Williams and Alicia Merrifield. It, it has been a delight oh, and a pleasure. And um, Same with you. I know that I, mean, I, I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that, and Absolutely. Yeah. I, um, you know, I very much feel like we're we're just getting started on on both of those counts, uh, mm-hmm. and I look forward to opportunities to keep this this conversation going and mm-hmm. seeing the ways that, uh, you know, the three of us support each other, the ways that we can get support from people out there. Because I I know one thing, one thing about this year is that I'm going to need my kids, and I'm going to need other people, and um, as long as I have those two things, I feel like I've got a fighting chance. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, with that, uh, you two, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. Callie, thank you for your time. Oh, thank you for having me. You're so welcome. <laughs> uh, it's been a pleasure. And Alicia, thanks for checking in from Texas. You stay cool down there, buddy. Oh, it was, it was a lot of fun. Thanks a bunch. Absolutely. We'll talk soon. <laughs>